You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Christmas edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your ho-ho host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it may be Christmas Day, but it is still a Football Friday game preview edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. I'm excited to dive in to everything with you guys today. Of course, we are going to start with my keys to victory, my big picture thoughts on what the Titans need to do to secure a victory in Green Bay on Sunday night. And then we are going to dive into the individual battles that will decide this war. So I'll tell you what individual players and individual matchups you need to be watching on Sunday that will determine the outcome against the Packers. And of course, as we always do on Friday, holiday or not, we will have a little bit of fun to cap off the show. Going to talk about the fantasy options that you will have on Sunday night and my beautiful dark twisted fantasy preview. Going to talk about how you might play this game from a gambling perspective on betonline.ag and keeping it plus 100. Of course, I will give you guys my game and score pre and then as an added bonus on this holiday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast, we will celebrate Festivus and I will air out some grievances that I have 16 weeks through the season. But this has been a great week on the Locked on Titans podcast as well. Wednesday, our rewatch Wednesday episode had a plus kicker on it for you guys where I dove into the Packers offense and defense schematically, which laid the groundwork for an excellent crossover Thursday conversation with Peter Bukowski, which in my opinion is the best Packers and Titans game preview you could possibly get this week. Incredibly in-depth schematic information from both my side and Peter's side. It was absolutely fantastic. If you missed that for any reason, make sure that you go back and check out both of those segments. They were fantastic this week and couldn't get you more ready for the Packers game this weekend as it is the biggest game of the season for the Tennessee Titans, quite frankly, in terms of where it is on the schedule, the fact that it is not only a primetime game, but the biggest possible primetime slot on Sunday night football. And then you add in the Titans are going up against an OG franchise like the Green Bay Packers. This is just a matchup made in football heaven. And with it being the holiday season, how could you be in a better mood than having the biggest game of the year lying ahead on Sunday night football and sharing the holidays with your loved ones, your friends, your family, and me here on the Locked on Titans podcast. This matchup holds a special place in my heart, so I'm excited to get into this Football Friday Merry Christmas game preview edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it! to preview this critical matchup for the Tennessee Titans, I invite you all to close your eyes for a moment. Unless you're driving, don't close your eyes. Just imagine, though. Close your eyes and imagine this scenario and tell me what you feel. The Tennessee Titans are on the road against one of the best teams in the NFL. In this particular scenario, 
the number one team in the NFC. It's cold outside. Winter surrounds you. It grabs you. The snow, it lightly falls from the sky, but it intensifies by the second. You breathe in. The cold air shakes your lungs. You breathe out the exhaust of a machine ready to work and ready to watch the Titans play football. But what does that feel like to you? To me, it feels like the playoffs, which is why all three of my keys to victory point back to the Titans' 2019 playoff formula. Number one, the first key to victory on offense, the Titans need to run the ball down the Packers' throats. And that's not just because we saw the Titans be successful in the playoffs with that formula last year, but also because that is proven to be what's best to beat the Packers. The Packers are 11-3. and Look at their three losses on the season. 173 rushing yards allowed to the Vikings in week week 8, 158 rushing yards allowed to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week 6, 140 rushing yards allowed to the Indianapolis Colts in week 11. That's the three highest total of rushing yards allowed to their opponents all season long for the Packers. So clearly when you're able to run the ball down the Packers' throat, it gives you the ability to beat them. That is the formula. So the Titans need to break that 140-yard barrier, probably need to break that 173-yard barrier as the Vikings' defense is much more comparable to the Titans' defense than the Buccaneers' or the Colts' defenses are. So the Titans need to run the ball with Derrick Henry because it's what they have proven they can do well and also because it's what has proven to beat the Packers this season. On the defensive side of the ball, which is ultimately going to be more important for the Titans. The Titans offense may be able to make some mistakes and still be able to succeed enough to win, but the defense, the defense will need to be nearly perfect in these two areas. And number one, The Titans have to tackle on Sunday night football. The Packers, when you think of Aaron Rodgers, you think of him launching the ball down the field, getting out of the pocket, using that mobility, and throwing strikes. Uh, That's not really what he's been successful with this year. He has one of his highest time to throws of his entire career. He's getting the ball out quick. Also, the Packers are one of the best teams in the NFL in yards after the catch. And Aaron Rodgers, in terms of his passing yard percentage, is the third best quarterback in the NFL in terms of yards after catch with 2,035 of his passing yards coming after that completion. He has Devontae Adams, Robert Tunyon, a guy like Aaron Jones. He wants to get the ball out of his hands quick, not take a lot of sacks, keep the offense moving, and let his playmakers make plays. Not a lot unlike what the Titans like to do on offense. So the Titans need to tackle, not let the Packers have any extra yards after the catch, limit what they can do with the ball in their hands, and it may allow them to get Rodgers in third and long situations where they can go to man coverage, maybe blitz five people and have some success there. It's a long shot, but that's what the Titans need to do. Another thing they need to focus on where tackling will be big is the read pass option game. So let's talk a little bit about the RPO. So that's what you're going to hear it referred to on the broadcast as well. I'm sure a lot of you guys are familiar with RPO at this point. It's kind of been prevalent in the L for, or in the NFL for a few years. But if you aren't familiar with the RPO, basically it's a form of the read option, which I'm sure you're familiar with at this point where the quarterback stands in the backfield. He fakes a handoff. He can either give it to the running back or he can keep it himself and run. It's what's gotten, uh, think about Robert Griffin the third 
Bird. Think about Lamar Jackson. Think about Kyler Murray, guys like that. So it was a big thing in college. The quarterbacks got used to it, and at some point it makes sense for the NFL to take that. Well, Matt LaFleur uses a lot of that in his offense. The Titans don't use it at all, and it's been one thing that I I wish that they would incorporate a little more, but I, I guess they just don't feel like it's necessary. But the Packers do use that quite a bit. As a matter of fact, Aaron Rodgers has the seventh most RPO pass attempts in the NFL. Seventh most yards as well, coincidentally. So it's a big part of their offense. They used it quite a bit against the Panthers. And one thing that the Panthers did in that game is they went with a 3-3-5 defensive alignment. So that would be three defensive linemen for the Titans. Think uh, Jack Crawford, Jeffrey Simmons, Daquan Jones. That would be their three most likely. And then you would have David Long, Rashawn Evans, Harold Landry. And then you would have your five defensive backs. Now, whether you went with two corners like Malcolm and Adori on the outside, and then three safeties in the middle like Amani, uh, Vaccaro, and Kevin Byard, that's what I would go with. Or if the Titans would use Desmond King, two safeties, and then Amani and Butler on the outside. Whichever way you want to think about it, the 3-3-5 is what the Titans use a ton against Lamar Jackson to deal with the re- uh, the RPO game and the read option game. Now, Rodgers isn't a threat to run as a quarterback, but what the threat is is he loves the throw the ball out into the flats. I talked about this earlier when we talked initially about tackling being a key. He loves those quick smoke routes where he just takes the snap real quick and throws it out to, it's supposed to be a run play, but he sees that the cornerback is backed off the wide receiver and he just takes the ball and throws it out to Devontae Adams real quick and lets him go one-on-one and maybe break a tackle and get down the field. And guess what Devontae Adams does? Breaks tackles, gets down the field, scores touchdowns. He's incredible. So, Those are areas of concern. Another thing is they love to throw to the slot or they'll have trips on one side and they'll throw the RPO to the inside slot guy and the other two outside guys are blocking. It's a quick hitting play. He can hand it off to Aaron Jones and shotgun or throw it out there. So in that scenario, the Titans front three, their defensive line, going to be so, so important in stopping the run. The Titans are going to have to take basically five players and stop the run against the Packers and shotgun so that they can commit more of their resources outside to stop the pass threat in the RPO. It's a a big area of concern, but it's something the Titans are going to have to deal with. And what the Panthers did was they started kind of faking slot blitzes to try or backing up and then, and then scooting up real late, just basically trying to disrupt Rogers read. If, if, He's looking pre-snap, and he already knows in his head, hey, look, there are too many numbers for the run. I'm throwing the pass. Hey, look, that cornerback right there is about to blitz off the edge. I'm going to throw the RPO right to where he's blitzing from, and they won't have enough. So Rodgers is already thinking about that pre-snap. So if he makes a decision right before he snaps the ball, and then you can do the opposite of what he thought you were going to do, then you might have a chance to slow down this offense. Easier said than done, but those are the difficult things that the Titans will have to do. And when they do it, they have to make sure that they tackle. That'll be what's most important. The next thing, the last key to victory here, the third, is turnovers. We saw that last year with the Titans defense. They were able to force turnovers in the playoffs because the Titans defense wasn't that good last year. Now, it's worse this year. It certainly is worse, but that doesn't change the formula. When you have a defense that isn't good, you have to find a way to get hot and force turnovers. That's been the Titans' formula this year as well. And they've been able to withstand the defense because the offense is a juggernaut, and they've been able to get turnovers on defense. It worked last week against the Lions. That's what the formula was. 
And then consider this, in the Packers' three losses this season, they've lost the turnover battle 7-1. to So clearly, turning over the Packers' offense is going to be crucial for the Titans to have any kind of success in this game. Now, in this one, the Titans need to limit the scoring. They need to slow things down and run the ball so they don't give it back to Rodgers because that Packers' offense is better than the Lions. That is still the formula there. So tackle, find a way to stop the RPO game, run the ball, control the clock, Don't let Rodgers have it as much as possible. Force turnovers. Find a way. I think the Titans need two turnovers to win the game. That's that's how I think it goes. I think they need at least two to win this game. Ultimately, though, (laughs) overall, the big thought here is the Titans just have to play excellent. If you want to beat the best team in the NFC, if you want to possibly clinch an AFC South division title with a win and a Colts loss, if you want to handle your business to make that real and go on the road in one of the most historic stadiums of all time, and beat the Packers, the best team in the other conference, you got to play great. You got to play excellent. So run the ball, tackle, force a couple turnovers, and bring home the AFC South Division crown. How about that? Let's go away from the big picture keys to victory here. Go into the individual players to watch the individual matchups to watch next. Let's continue this Christmas edition of the Locked on Titans podcast, continue our game preview here. Just went over my bigger picture keys to victory the Titans need to tackle. First and foremost, sounds simple, but it's going to be difficult against the Packers. They need to run the ball and control the clock to help their defense keep Rodgers off the field, and they also need to find a way to force a couple turnovers so the defense can get the ball back to the Titans' offense's hand. But uh, let's dive into some of the individual players to watch, the individual matchups to watch in this game. Now I'm going to start on the defensive side of the ball. So first, it's going to be the cornerbacks. Adoree Jackson, Malcolm Butler, if Ty Smith is out there, maybe even you could count Desmond King in this group, but I'm thinking on these smoke routes, on these outside, you know, tosses to the flat. The Packers like to throw the ball into the flat. They like to dump it off quick. Rodgers likes to throw the ball outside. Talked about that earlier in the show. But for me, that means that The Titans are going to play a lot of cover two, and I saw the Panthers play a lot of cover two. They played a lot of cover four as well, basically so they could keep a two-deep safety look at all times because that's one of the only things that can give Rodgers some trouble. So if you're going to do that, that means you're going to have to play cover two. With how much the Packers throw to the flats, I think it's smart for the Titans to play cover two and make sure they they always have a cornerback out there pressing the outside line of scrimmage. I think that's going to be important in this game, and they're going to have to tackle when they do it, which is why I said tackling is so important. If the Titans cornerbacks miss a bunch of tackles in this game, they're screwed. They're not going to be able to do anything. So that's why Adoree Jackson and Malcolm Butler and maybe Ty Smith in there too, maybe Christian Fulton, if he gets to play in this game, that would be cool. Going up against Devontae Adams... Aaron Jones getting the ball out in the flat, running the ball outside to the perimeter. Robert Tunyon, 
on those. I talked about on Wednesday how they like to run, the Packers like to run those bootlegs where they bring the uh, the tight end from the backside of the formation all the way across behind the line of scrimmage, behind the lineman, and then into the flat on the other side. We see the Titans do it with Jonu Smith a lot. See them done it with Jeff Swaim as well. The Titans use all their tight ends like that, really. When you run plays like that, as we've seen with the Titans, who are what? Good run after catch team. The Packers are basically the same way. And what's very important is going to be tackling. And who has to tackle? Your outside corners. That's where they're going to be attacking. Make those. Def- and actually, Peter Bukowski said this on our Crossover Thursday conversation. He said that the Packers wanted to attack the cornerbacks of the Panthers because they didn't think that they were good tacklers. And the Panthers' corners did a better job than they expected, and that made the game close. So can the Titans' corners be better than expected? We shall see. Speaking of, and not to mention, Devontae Adams has 98 catches, 1,186 yards, and 14 touchdowns. Robert Tunyon has 49 catches, 551 yards, and 10 touchdowns. And Aaron Jones has 41 catches, 298 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Those are the guys they throw the ball to the most. And where do they catch the ball? In the flat. So, the corners versus those guys in the flat. Next, another cornerback, though. This is a big, big game for the Titans defensive backs. Desmond King, Kenny Vaccaro, Kevin Byard, Amani Hooker against the RPO. I talked to you guys earlier about the Packers and their want to use the RPO and the success that they can have with it and how the Titans have actually not had very good success against the RPO throughout the season. The Jags like to do it a little bit and it gave them trouble in that first matchup. So I expect the Packers who executed a much better level than teams that the Titans have played so far to use that RPO to test the Titans as it's something that they don't go against very well all the time. Well, in the playoffs last year, they did a pretty good job, and they went to that 3-3-5, and that's why I mentioned it earlier in the show, and in that 3-3-5, it means you're going to have five defensive backs out on the field at all times, and what do those defensive backs have to do if they're going to be out on the field for all three plays? Well, they have to tackle. So that's why I'm bringing them up again. This whole game is about the defensive backs, but you're going to have the outside corners against those outside flat guys, but you're going to have everybody else on the interior trying to deal with the run, trying to deal with those quick Alan Lazards, other tight ends, because what they'll do is they'll roll Robert Tunyon out to the flat, and then they'll pop somebody else right behind him who sits still. We see the Chiefs do that all the time with Travis Kelsey. They'll run somebody across the field and then sneak Travis Kelsey right in behind him and he'll just turn around five yards, throw it to me, and I'm open. Because Rashawn Evans, like I talked about earlier in the week, the Packers like movement in their offense. They try to get you moving one way or the other. So those middle field defenders, Desmond King, Kenny Vaccaro, Amani Hooker, Kevin Byard, who are going to be guarding the slots, or I actually expect them in some of these formations... If the Packers use motion to go to the opposite direction, I expect to see Desmond King or one of those safeties play an outside linebacker in a 3-4 formation, but 3-3-5 personnel. So, can Desmond King, Kenny Vaccaro, Kevin Byard, Amani Hooker step up and play against the run in RPO and also chase out in the flat and help the outside corners? It's all about the defensive backs in this matchup against the Packers. So that's on the defensive side. On the offensive side of the ball, it's pretty simple as well. The Titans' offensive line has to dominate. They do. That's what matters most. Derrick Henry has to be the big focal point here, but for him to be the focal point they need him to be and for them to control the clock and dominate on the ground, the offensive line just has to win. And it's not just about the run game. The Titans will have to pass the ball. They can't run the ball every play. And when they do, can the Titans pass protect against the outside edge rushers of the Packers? We saw last week Okwara and 
Austin Bryant gave the Titans a lot of trouble. I know the Titans played well and scored a bunch of points, but the edges for the Lions played very well, and the Titans' tackles did not play very well in that game. So what happens this week when the Titans go up against the Smith brothers? Preston Smith and the better version, Zadarius Smith. Can the Titans deal with them? And I talked about earlier in the week, Zadarius Smith, the Packers will use him as a chess piece against zone run schemes as well, where they're shooting him in gaps in the interior. So will the interior offensive line be able to deal with Zadarius Smith as a roaming blitzer on the interior? Will they be able to handle that? Also, in pass protection, will David Questenberry, who's been struggling in pass protection mightily, and Dennis Kelly be able to deal with the Smith brothers, who have 15 and a half sacks combined on the year, and Zadarius has 11 and a half of those, and they're going to put Zadarius on David Questenberry. So... What's going to happen there? Green Bay's ninth in sacks overall as a team. So outside of just Zadarius Smith, they have other guys who can get to the quarterback. So they have guys on the defensive line that can disrupt a game. So can the Titans offensive line win in the run game, in pass protection? Can they do it? I don't know. This will be such a great test for the Titans offensive line here and uh, with David Questenberry at tackle. It's going to be the big difference in the game. Can the Titans offensive line win the matchup in the trenches? That's all that matters here. So with our big picture Keys to victory, talked about, we talked about tackling, we talked about running the ball, we talked about forcing turnovers, we talked about individual matchups, we talked about the outside corners against Devontae Adams, Tunya, and Aaron Jones in the flat. We talked about the inside defensive backs, dealing with the run game in the RPO, playing outside linebacker in 3-3-5, being on the field for all three downs. We talked about the offensive line having to win in the trenches against the Packers front seven. That's going to be the difference in this game. Playoff matchup ahead of us here. And we are going to continue to have some fun on this Christmas edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. I'm going to talk about fantasy and gambling next, give you my score and game prediction, and also celebrate my favorite Christmas holiday of all, Festivus, and air some grievances that I have with the Titans this season. Let's cap off this Christmas edition of the Locked on Titans podcast with a few fun items to start here. Let's talk about the fantasy aspect of this game. Who should you play in daily or season-long fantasy from the Titans game against the Packers in my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy preview? Well, number one, in season-long, you're playing Derrick Henry. Uh, if you're in your championship this this week, as I am in two out of my five leagues, um, five leagues is rough though, guys. I don't recommend that. Increases your odds of getting into some championships though. So, hey, maybe that's uh luck going my direction. But if you're in season long and you have Derrick Henry still, you're playing him. There's no question there. Same with AJ Brown. Uh, you're probably in that position with Jonu Smith. Although I am a little bit worried about Jonu this week. The Packers only give up about six points per game fantasy wise to tight ends. It's 26th. Um, If you think about it from the most given up is first and then the end is 32. So not a good matchup for Jonu Smith. Also not really a good matchup for Ryan Tannehill. And when you consider the um, game plan that I'm 
guessing the Titans will go with. Probably wouldn't be a big statistical day from Ryan Tannehill unless he's able to run in a few read options at the goal line, which are always a possibility. He absolutely could run in a couple touchdowns and make it a really good fantasy day, but uh, I expect uh, moderate production in the fantasy realm from Ryan Tannehill if the Titans are to have success. If Tannehill has a big fantasy day, it probably means the Titans got down by a lot early, like in the Browns game, so it probably wouldn't spell a victory for the Titans there. Um, now, against running backs, the Packers are the fifth best possible matchup. So, like I said, you're playing Derrick Henry, and if you're building a daily fantasy lineup, I would probably consider Derrick Henry as a foundation player. As for wide receivers, the Titans aren't great, uh, or the Packers uh, aren't a great matchup in terms of wide receivers. They're the 24th uh, best possible matchup, so at the end of the list, only giving up about 22 points per game to wide receivers, but the Titans have talented wide receivers, and a lot of what they do on offense is to get the ball to the wide receivers, so I would suspect that even if Ryan Tannehill doesn't have a huge fantasy day, one of the wide receivers still could, and Corey Davis or or A.J. Brown, which one that's going to be here? Uh, Peter Bukowski said on the crossover Thursday conversation that he didn't suspect that you would see a a shadow situation on either of those wide receivers. So, you know, no real nod to either one. It's kind of just going with your gut. Obviously, you're going to get a better value with Corey Davis in terms of daily fantasy. So pick whichever one you think could have a bigger day. Ride with Derrick Henry and use those two players in your daily lineup. If you got AJ or Corey, you basically got to roll with them in uh, season long if you're in your playoffs. So you're rolling with Henry and and you're rolling with one of the either wide receiver you have in season long. They're moving into keeping it plus 100. The gambling aspect of this game. The Titans are three and a half point favorites. If you want to bet the Titans in this game, if your heart wants to bet the Titans, three and a half is a pretty good number to get. You want to get seven and a half. You want to get three and a half. Those three and seven numbers, obviously because it's so common that scores are measured by that. Um, that three and a half number is not a bad number to get for the Titans if you wanted to bet this game. Now, that kind of scares me a little bit. Out of all of the possible outcomes in this game, I think there are more possible outcomes where the Packers win by more than three and a half. But if you feel good about the Titans, then you're definitely hitting up that three and a half number. Also, the Titans are plus uh, 155 on the money line. So if you bet $100 you'll and the Titans win, you'll walk out with $255. So if you like the Titans to win this game, it's a good opportunity to play the money line for you and get a pretty good return on your investment there. The over-under is 56. Based, think about 28 to 28, 56 points there. Uh, I'm seeing over. I, I'm seeing over that. And even with the weather being what it is, I'm seeing over that. Uh, if you were going to do a teaser, if you could get the Titans up to nine and a half point uh, underdogs, and then you could get the over under down to 50 and play the over, that would be a pretty good teaser, in my opinion. That would be a fun one. Uh, but overall, I like the Titans um, plus three and a half if you want to bet them. I'm not going to bet that line myself, though. Because uh, I don't feel super confident in the game. Uh, 56, I feel pretty confident in the over on that, no matter what happens in the game. And uh, I would bet the money line if you do like the Titans in this game. If you're going to disagree with my game and score prediction. So, as I said on the Crossover Thursday conversation, I see this as 34-27. to 27. I think if the Titans are able to win the game, it would be about 31 to 27 and flipped. If the Packers score over 30 points, I think they win the game. 
I think the Titans need a few turnovers, and if they can get a few turnovers, then they'll be able to keep the Packers under 30 points. But I think the Titans can get to 31 if they win this game. It'd be 31-28, 31-27. But I think that it'll be 34-27, to maybe 31-27 Packers. So it'll depend on the turnovers. I think if the Packers win this game, it's because they're able to get a few turnovers on the Titans. Strip sacks on Ryan Tannehill in the backfield because David Questenberry and Dennis Kelly can't block the edge rushers. That's what I would see as the Titans' downfall in this game if it happens. But uh, 34-27 is going to be my official prediction. Could see 31-27 if the snow limits the Packers' offense and they're unable to kick that extra field goal. So hopefully that's not the case, but I can't lie to you guys. That's what I'm seeing, and I hope that I am wrong. But let's get into the holiday spirit a little bit. Going to finish off today's episode with a little bit of a Festivus. Some big complaints that I have about the Titans so far into the season. Number one, Mike Vrabel didn't hire a defensive coordinator. Still to this day, a big lingering mistake. Number two, why did the Titans use Trevor Daniel instead of just sticking with Ryan Allen at punter and then they lost to the Colts? God, it makes me so mad. Losing to the Bengals, that will forever stick in my crawl. Also, just keeping it, you know, lim- or not limited here, but different. I'm not just hating on the Titans. The national narrative around, around Ryan Tannehill not changing and him still being considered not a Pro Bowl level level player, it sucks, okay? And I'm, I'm disappointed and I have a grievance and I'm airing it. So that's how I feel. Mad Mike Vrabel didn't hire a defensive coordinator. Mad about some of the personnel moves this year. Mad at Vic Beasley for being a bum. Uh, I'm also mad slightly. I'm getting over it at Arthur Smith for some of the boneheaded, weird blips on the radar play calls that he's had. He had his cleanest game of the year against the Lions, so hopefully he's rounding into playoff form. But some of those were weird. Losing the Bengals makes me mad. The first half performances against the Steelers and the Browns where they completely came out and laid down. I mean, gosh, anger. But anyway, that is my Festivus complaint list. Going to keep it short, keep it sweet. It's been a pretty good season overall for the Titans. Oh, one last Festivus. I'm an idiot for jinxing the Titans against the Browns. I can't believe I left that out. Couple last things here to end off this holiday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Number one, a little story time. So this matchup is very close to my heart. I've talked about this um, in previous shows, but I grew up in a Packer family. So my grandmother was a Packers fan. My uncle, my dad has been a Packers fan since 1960. Um, I grew up in a Packer household. I latched on to the Titans when they moved to Nashville. So I just wanted to be different, wanted something new. They caught my eye. I loved Eddie George. You guys know all that stuff of why I became a Titans fan. But before that, my first, you know, seven, eight years on the planet, I was raised in a Packer household. And uh, Brett Favre is the reason I love football. Watching him when I was a little kid, my dad was a football coach, president of the Pee Wee organization. He taught me to love football through Green Bay Packers at a very early age. So um, just shout out to my dad. I love you. Thank you for uh, teaching me to love this game. Uh, I, I I couldn't be more thankful for that. Uh, thankful for Brett Favre and thankful for the Green Bay Packers as well, kind of being that organization as a small child before I really knew anything about what was going on. It was just fun to, to watch the Packers, watch Brett Favre run around. So anytime the Titans and the Packers face off and if for some reason they ever could play in a Super Bowl, it would be the greatest day of my life. 
I mean, it would be. It would be a, a great combination of my childhood and then uh, what has really defined me as, as an, uh, a growing man and an adult. You know, not to get all sentimental, but it's a holiday, you know. So really thankful to my dad and um, and the Packers and the Titans. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's a blessing. Football is just a blessing in my life. I can't believe uh, what football the game has has led me to in in my life and I'm I'm really thankful for my dad and and for football in general. So that's a story time for you guys of uh, when I was a little kid what things were like uh growing up. So uh rest in peace to my grandma, rest in peace to my uncle as well. Uh uh thankful for my family though being there early and teaching me uh about how wonderful of a thing football really is. Uh that was a team effort from my whole family. So thank you. Uh last thing, thank you to all you guys. Uh, another season my second season, incredibly blessed. I still wake up every day a little shocked uh, that I get to do this with you guys every day, and I'm really thankful for that. Um, I'm doing a lot of ums here in the end because when I get sentimental, I, I kind of don't know what to say. I talk football all day long, but uh, this stuff is kind of hard to, to find the words to really express how thankful I am for you guys. So thank you. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays, whether it's Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Festivus, whatever other holiday uh, you feel like celebrating. If you don't want to celebrate a holiday, that's perfectly fine too. But I just hope you guys have a safe and enjoyable weekend, and hopefully the Tennessee Titans can get the job done. But that's going to do it for me today. That's going to do it for me this week. I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.